date of recording, the 19th of November, 2021. Welcome to today's episode of Let's Talk Media with Vedanta Kari. For today's episode, we're talking about Squid Game. And my guest for today is Miss Leah Edinger. Hey, Leah, welcome to the podcast. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me again, but this time by myself. No, this Strange World game. So shout out to the Strange World, though. <laughs> yeah, Strange World, this Strange World, it's an awesome podcast series about all things strange with the world. Go check it out on your favorite podcast platform. So yeah, so um, we're talking about Squid Game today. Uh, and Madonna, like... You know what you this is your episode. So what do you what do you have to say? Like I just want to get started with um, so how were you personally introduced to Squid Game? Did you just watch it because everybody was talking about it, or did you want to check it out independently? I kind of watched it because everyone else was watching it. I had I guess it's kind of like a FOMO of just like kind of seeing people and like your friends, family kind of watch something that's blown up. And I didn't watch Tiger King. I didn't really watch Stranger Things. I didn't really watch um, it's another really big show that I'm liking out. But like, you know, the big shows that everyone loved, I, I didn't really watch them because I wasn't interested. And then I was like, you know, everyone is watching this. It's not done in the U.S. It's not produced in the U.S. So why don't I give it a shot. And that's kind of how I kind of came to to watch the show. When looking at it from a production standpoint, as that's kind of where my job is, it's really impressive to see a show on Netflix that is foreign stay in a number one ranking for how long was it? Like longer than, than Tiger King and and um, the other big shows. It, it, beat, it had a record of its own. I have the statistics right here. It was Netflix's most watched series, becoming the top viewed program in 94 countries, and it got 1.65 billion viewing hours during its first four weeks. And this surpassed Bridgerton, which was also very big when it came out. Yeah, yeah, no, that just blows me away because of the, I remember when Tiger King and Stranger Things, everyone was watching it. And, you know, I, I still don't think I'm going to watch it, but, you know, I watched Squid Game, which was something that everyone was watching at the time. I got to say for kind of just how my point of view, my opinion was that it was okay. Um, but we'll go into that a little bit more later. So, yeah. You said it was okay. And we'll get into that later as well, because a season two just got confirmed and, I'm a little bit worried about that because it's kind of like Tiger King season two, where the hype for the first season was so good that I don't know if the second season will do as good. You know what I mean? That's a good point because I just watched a video where actually production, including pre-production as well, of course, because that's the thing and I always forget about it. Um, But like pre-production took like 10 years, including production and post to come up with the concept, film it, gather the cast, crew, you know, and, and you know, being production majors, Vedant, you know that there's a lot of work that goes into production. It's not a simple thing, but to spend 10 years? 10 um, years, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that, that is insane. And 10 years for only nine episodes. Yeah, nine episodes that have blown away the records on Netflix. So, so I give... Huge, huge kudos to Squid Game, to the directors, producers, actors, everyone that worked on the show. Above and below the line, people. Congratulations. That's that's amazing. Yeah, I do like how Netflix is giving life to all these projects that have been in development hell. Like, I'm sure you've heard that the Queen's Gambit was pissed around for, I think, 30 years before Netflix took it on. Yeah, yeah, something like that, yeah. 
and this was 10 years for Squid Game, and the budget was $21.4 million for this nine-episode series. Whoa, wow, wow. Well, it's it's just impressive. And you know, there you can definitely tell that even though what you think maybe a big or small budget, budget nonetheless, they spent their money very well creating, finding the right actors and actresses, um, creating the sets. You know, when you looked at the red light, green light game, that was literally... Mm-hmm surrounded by walls of blue screen it's sure there's green screen and blue screen um wait it was that was blue screen green yeah, screen? it wasn't green screen it was all blue screen yep it's i will send you the video of john if you want to post it in the link for the listeners as well it's super interesting but you know they they thought very meticulously about how their sets would be presented on camera how color would look how the sound how the feelings and emotions that would stir up the audiences kind of just you know, thought process throughout the show. It was, yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was made very well. Like the sets are beautiful. And very early on, you mentioned that this is from South Korea and most recently with Parasite winning Best Picture. And I think it's called The Train to Busan, which is also from South Korea. And then there's this mega hit show called Hellbound from Netflix. That's also, I believe, from South Korea. So it's like South Korea is like the next best thing, like the next Hollywood, I think, in my opinion. I mean, just Asian, just even like the like Asian market is that's another massive production market. You have just kind of the U.S. and you have like other smaller networks that are still massive, like New York, Atlanta, um, California, you know. But this just kind of brings a whole other light into foreign production, into foreign kind of just overall creation. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen Parasite? I'm just wondering. I didn't, but that's on my watch list. I have so many things I need to watch, but like my job right now, I'm just like ah, trying to figure out how to balance life with my job. It does have some similarities to Parasite because both of them are about the poverty line and people living below the poverty line with this this character. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, it's definitely bringing a lot of light into just kind of foreign shows. And, you know, it's amazing to see these shows win awards yes they at the highest ranking for street it's it shows that you know it's a broader network than just what us in the u.s have there's there's bollywood you know that's another massive kind of network in production so it's not just us even though we kind of live in our own little bubbles here and there it's everywhere for sure yes and we talked about poverty but are there like any other issues that you think were like huge themes in squid game um i don't know i i definitely would say poverty but i mean overall besides kind of just like the sad themes of trying to pay back your debt and trying not to get you know hunted by loan sharks and stuff it also it just shines light on like other people kind of trying to figure things out together, work in the team manner as well. In the in the last kind of game it was when there were three or four players left, they all didn't want to go against each other really. It, it was all about in the beginning greed. They didn't form these connections with other players, but as you know the show went on, they started to form these connections. And then it's not only turn it didn't turn into, oh, it's about the money, money, although people's concepts very much kind of stuck like that throughout some of the uh the show other people were like let's work together let's get the money together we can split it you can give some to your family i can give some to my family so it definitely 
it shifted the topics of the show as well, which I thought was really important as that, uh, which I thought just in general was really important. I also think that an important theme about humanity was how far are you willing to go to financially secure yourself for resources? Like it felt like a modern day version of the Lord of the Flies. Like when you don't have resources, you're going to turn to violence, even if you don't want to. I agree with that. It kind of, I'm hoping kind of, you know, with Squid Game and kind of with things, how they seem right now, like I said, it all started out divided. And that's kind of how sometimes it feels like right now that we're all very divided. But hopefully, you know, at the end of the game, people came together. And that's what I'm kind of hoping the same kind of concept and theme will apply to the human race, not just something that'll happen on TV and in a TV show. And so since we talk a lot about the games themselves, what were your favorite games and did you have any least favorite games? Okay, I like a few. Um, I definitely loved like red light, green light. <laughs> yeah, um, that was good. <laughs> but that was like definitely a shock. When I saw that, you know, not knowing and not seeing any trailer about Squid Game as well. Because a lot of my friends, like I said, saw them and I just, I just went into it. I didn't look at any trailers, any kind of preview. So when I saw that, I was like, holy moly, they really... They did a lot, but that was definitely one of my favorites because it really turned out differently than what you thought it would kind of be. I thought a really other good game was the tug of war because in yeah. the video that I'm going to send to you, Vedant, what you're seeing with the actors, how scared, how tired, their genuine emotions are literally how they're feeling while they're shooting that shot. You know, they're, they were apparently pulling against a machine as well. Oh my God. Right. That. They're actually using is legitimate strength. Um, and also, you know, you have that stepping stone glass kind of. Yeah. They were obviously harnessed when the glass kind of fell, but that's like scary as well because you you know you're going to hop onto tempered glass, which is the type of glass that they used, and you would have that feeling of falling. You know, in the video, the actors and actresses knew what they signed up for. I'm going to actually just say actors in general. The actors mm-hmm. knew what they signed up for. They knew that it would be very demanding. They knew that they'd have to really be pushed to the test that some of their the way they kind of had their life kind of function every day had to change for this production it was I it was a very demanding production especially you know the bad guy the really buffy bad guy yeah so apparently with him he was actually pretty tall and kind of lean and he had to put on that weight to kind of portray that and that took a really really huge toll on his health he was getting very sick fatigue and stuff but he he pushed through it so um you it just shows how hard these actors um worked the lengths that they went and uh you can see it just definitely pulled it definitely you know uh was it definitely paid off i definitely agree that the red light green light thing was very shocking yes and I think that's kind of how I was introduced to the show because I'm sure you've seen all those memes of red light, green lights yeah. on Twitter. Oh, there was a red light, green light, like doll, repl- like statue replica. Chris, where is it? It's somewhere in Hollywood, Bolt, like near. Somewhere. It's somewhere near me. I have to show you without since you're here. And I was just like, whoa. So, you know, I can't imagine kind of being on set seeing that doll, but to see something like that, like a replica here in California my god it's creepy (laughs) anyways yeah and i did like red light green light since it does a very good job at establishing the tone i think because i think another thing people mention is that this is like an r-rated version of the hunger games yeah 
For sure. And there, you know, I've told my parents, I've asked them, oh, are you guys going to watch this? And they're like, no, it's just really, really dark, which it is. That was the first game that they kind of played as a group and it definitely took a dark turn. I got to say my least favorite game, though, definitely had to be the Marvels one because, you know, that one, you know, the guy, the main character, I'm blanking on the name straight, sorry. Um, but he, you know, was giving the older guy the Marvels, right? If I recall, I watched it a while. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of like, you know, these games are to like the death. Like, why are you like you're being so caring, which is so sweet and stuff. But it's like that was kind of a game where I was like. I want to see some action, not just little marbles rolling across the ground and being traded in one. But yeah. I definitely can see why that was a little slower than the other ones. Like it just wasn't as interesting to me. And I think my least favorite one was the glass tile game because to me, at least the other games were based on skill. Whereas this one, from what it seems like until the glass guy mentioned it, you know, was based on knowing how glass looks like. But for the most part, the glass tile game was based on luck. So that's why it didn't feel good enough to me. Yeah, no, I, that was an interesting one as well. I thought, I, was, I thought the set of that was really cool, the glass set. And I thought um, the set to just like the staircase where it's pink and, you know, those, the only reason kind of why I like that glass game also is because like the set was very just kind of interesting, very kind of sci-fi kind of, not sci-fi, but kind of like carnival meets modern. Almost. Mm-hmm. So, it, al- it also felt very claustrophobic to me. Yes. Yes. And and do you think if you were given the chance, Madonna, if you were in the same situation, would you do the Squid Games or? No, <laughs> I am not built for Squid Game. I don't think so. I don't think so, too. But, you know, do you like do you think season two is going to be good? Kind of what's your take on like season two? I think it'll be good, but people will always compare it to the first season. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard to live up to what the first season established. Even if it's very good, I don't think it's going to be as successful as the first season. Kind of like what I just mentioned at the beginning with Tiger King season two. Yeah, I agree with that. I I definitely agree because they had 10 years to kind of work on the first one. Now they have how many months to kind of work on the second one? Another thing that also made Squid Game just really stand out from other shows, I thought it was like the dubbing. Did you? Oh, yes. I listened to the dubbing because I'm one of those people who like does work while watching TV. So I just listen to it in the background from time to time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would go on and off with the dubbing because um, whenever I kind of watch also just like foreign kind of production, I like to kind of hear the accents and the dialect. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> when I was like watching the dubbing, I was like, oh my god the voices they don't have the emotions of like the character obviously yeah. so it's not good you're not going to feel the same exact fear but you can at least try and like attempt the same emotion as like the actors in that scene um but the dubbing was definitely the one that part of the production that got dragged the most as well as the fact that translation even though you know squid game is kind of translated through the dubbing and stuff apparently the translation was just super off it wasn't really saying what they were saying yeah it was like you're missing this whole kind of concept of kind of what they were saying you know when you you know i know sign language i could interpret something exactly kind of how someone says it but it would be longer 
So I could kind of take a shortcut and shorten the sentence and try and maybe change a few things. So that was something that I saw actually on TikTok, which I don't have. But uh, yeah, that was just something that I saw that was really interesting. That dubbing was so off, which throws off the whole story, which just kind of confuses the plot and everything. So um, I don't know. I'm kind of interested to see how they kind of handle post-production as well. Are they going to kind of improve the dubbing? Um, What are they going to do now? Is his hair going to stay red as well? Which is super cool. I love the red hair. Um, Yeah. The dubbing was, was better than a lot of the other ones that I've seen for like, say, anime dubs mm-hmm. and it was better than some of the ones but i absolutely agree that when you dub something then you kind of have to change it to like suit the culture like american culture a little bit to make it less foreign but you do kind of lose some of those subtleties of like a language like idioms and common sayings and stuff like that and it also felt a little off because some of the characters sounded too white to me yes with the dubbing and stuff yeah, with yeah. the dubbing, some of them sounded white. Yeah, I felt like you were literally kind of talking to someone in a different language, but at the same time, you could kind of understand it, but it just didn't make sense in any way. I don't know how to explain it. It was just... I, I get what you mean. Yeah, it just sounded yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. And at least, like that's why I hope maybe for like their season two and post, they can kind of find kind of other people to create the same emotions almost sound like the people um to add more of the originality to the show yes and since we talked about people and characters who were your favorite ones in this in this first season so i like kang sibyuk and she was actually turned out to be a model who actually went into Squid Game. So that was a totally different change of path that literally she was getting ready to prepare for, I think it was New York or Paris Fashion Week. So that's just a change scenery. She was definitely my favorite. Jang Gi-hun, the, the main character guy, he was definitely my favorite as well because I felt like you could really relate with him. Um, you could really connect to his emotions very well. Other characters I thought were good, definitely acted well, but you kind of really couldn't connect to them emotionally. Um, so I would say those two are my favorite. And then I like the sweet old woman in the kind of like at the beginning and at the end as well. Gotta gotta give a shout out to those like supporting actors. But yeah, those two were definitely my favorite. What about you? I really liked uh, Han Min. Excuse me. I really liked Han Min. Oh my God. Oh yes. Han Min Yao. I'm so sorry. Han well, Min Yao. I don't even, I just won it, but I, that's kind of what it looks like. So you're Yeah. I really liked her character and her kind of frenemy relationship with Kangsei. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, she did a really, really good job. She definitely did an amazing job playing her, her character because she was like, kind of crazy and yeah. like kind of like felt her emotions as well so i gotta say she she was perfect <laughs> she did a really good job we touched upon this earlier with like themes and i think they definitely touched upon sexism like during the tug of war where they're like well if we have two women then we'll be a lot weaker uh, oh yes okay where are you going with this <laughs> no i'm just saying like it just shows that women are strong people too <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's kind of also why I think that tug of war hopefully just ended up being some of other people's favorite kind of games because, you know, like you said, when they were establishing their teams as well, do you remember? It's like, oh, we don't want women. Like, yeah. But then, like, the team that had the women had a strategy 
and was like, okay, this is how you're going to play. You're going to lean back. You're going to put all your weight into your heels. You're going to dig into the ground, you know? So they had a strategy and they actually beat, wasn't it the all guy team? They beat. I think it was an all guys team, if I remember yeah. correctly. So, so the fact that they did that and, you know, I think also not even just in a TV show, but I think in general, when it comes to just kind of sexism, if you look at, um, who is it? Billy Jean King and um, what's the other guy's name? I'm thinking of Bobby Riggs. If you look at Billy Jean King and Bobby Riggs, you'll see that, you know, the battle of the sexes, but women can do it too. They're just as strong. And obviously it was shown because the women's team slash men team survived in the, uh, in the tug of war. So let's kick ass. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um, I also got to say, though, another one of my favorite characters, Player 276, even though he wasn't as prominent in the show, kind of, I felt like he just did a really good job kind of connected to him. He was someone that was a second kind of supporting character who was actually in school for acting while he was shooting Squid Game, working on a thesis paper, so... Wow, I I did not know that. I will send you the video. I, it's awesome. Please do. Um, but you know, I gotta say, he he did a really good job. The minute I saw him, the minute he spoke, I was like, I like you. You're you're a good one. So yeah. Let's go, South Asian representation. Let's go. <laughs> and he was, I don't know. I I felt so. He was like warm and bubbly. He kind of really tried to keep it positive while everyone was like, oh my god. Um, and I also forgot kind of in the beginning of the game, when they first kind of were introduced to the games, they all kind mm-hmm. of were like, let's leave, let's dip. So I'm just trying to think back because I think, Madon, you watched this a little bit uh, later than I did. So I'm trying to recall my memories. So. Right, right. Yeah. I also really liked um, Han Min Miao because, you know, she she just went crazy. Yeah. And oh, that's the one who I'm talking about. She wasn't the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just loved how it showed again, like just how far you can crack somebody. Mm-hmm. It showed how all these players cracked or kind of were scared. It kind of shows the overall psychological effect of a group. If one thing happens to another person, who's going to follow, who's going to stay strong, you know, survival of the fittest pretty much, which is ultimately what Squid Game, the last game came down to was survival of the fittest. Survival of the fittest. That's a good way to put it. I like that transition. I was like, dang, okay, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) What did you think about Ohinam, the old guy? (laughs) Oh my God. Okay, so really fast. It took me probably a week to finish the last episode of Squid Game because at that point I was getting bored. But once I finished it in Ohinam was like the bad guy I was shooketh I was like what but you know in in books and production there's always little red herrings what they're called to kind of be like to kind of draw attention but mm-hmm. keep it on the DL kind of side and so in the tug of war when all of the people were kind of handcuffed and locked to the chain he was the only one that wasn't so you know at the end it was like a huge like whoa um and I, I don't know. I thought I thought it was good the ending, but I was a little confused about all like the mask guys and like yeah, you know, like the animal masks and um, you know, the detective. Huh? Those are the VIPs. The VIPs. Thank you to my boyfriend over there. Uh, <laughs> but you know, as, as good as it was, some of the concept was a little confusing. It was um, a little, yeah. But yeah, but I thought overall the ending, I was like, oh, I. Mm, 
why you like you look good why you of course it's always the old man like the old mean bad guy man like whatever so. yeah i like this character and i think he f- was faking dementia i think that's what he was doing mm-hmm. he, he was he was faking it all of it he died but he did die of i don't think he how did he die i don't i don't remember that either but he, he did die kind of. i remember the show he just kind of passed Oh, it was a tumor. Right. A brain, I think it was a brain tumor or something like that. Um oh. and let me just say that scene where nobody wants to be his partner for marbles, that just gave me PTSD to like high school where they're like, okay, pair up with somebody for this project. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It just gave me PTSD. I had like Vietnam flashbacks. <laughs> well, yeah, I you definitely, you know, when characters felt sad, you, the viewers definitely felt, or I definitely felt sad with them. I connected to their emotions very well. And, you know, I definitely throughout the entire show had sympathy or empathy blah, 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 for Aninam, Um, because he was the older guy. He was more frail. He looked more kind of like he needed more help and stuff. But like, turns out he's a big bad wolf, which should have fallen from the start because I work in production. I should see that. Um, so yeah, that being said, I'm definitely shocked. And uh, I'm kind of excited to see what these two brings, but I'm not sure when I'll see it. What were the most shocking deaths to you in Squid Game? Like which ones like shook you the most? When Jane Jisoo and Han Minya um died, when they mm-hmm. kind of, she kind of sacrificed um herself with him because he she just saw that he was treating her horribly and that you know I'm glad she kind of came to that recognition that was definitely a shock um other shocking deaths were definitely all the deaths in red light green light oh yeah um for sure and then the guy that we were talking about earlier what was his name Abdul 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 I felt that I yeah that was hard. When Abdul died, I was like, no, you can't you can't kill Abdul. When the girls died, Ji, Ji Young and King Si Back, uh, when they you know died as well, I I was sad. I was I definitely cried. I definitely got teary and stuff. Sure. Yeah, I did not expect Kong Kong Se Yok to die. I did not see that coming. Yeah, it definitely they played with some emotions for sure. They definitely played with their mind. They were like, let's see how we can kind of get them. So did yeah. you think, did you think that Seong Gi-hoon was going to kill his brother in the final squid game? I like, yes and no, because obviously it was the last player standing would get all the money. So yes and no, I don't really know how to like elaborate on that, but you know what? It's kind of like a gut feeling like, you know, obviously their intentions were different, and obviously the one with kind of better intentions, you know, always seems to win. Um, but uh, yeah, I wasn't too surprised in a way, I guess. Right. And let's talk about that ending when he wins a squid game where he's just destroyed, and it's one of those old tales that money cannot buy you happiness. Uh, well, that's, you know, many things to say about that is after he was at the Squid Games, he comes back home, his mom's passed. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Kang Se-yuk and Ji-yong, they've passed. They got, he got close to him. 
um, Sion got close to the girls and just kind of had that relationship. So, you know, when those relationships went away, people died, you know, sorry for all the spoilers. Hopefully you should maybe put a spoiler on it. I will. <laughs> but, you know, you know, that being said, it was, you definitely felt for them and, and, uh, yeah, I, I liked all the characters except for like the really bad people and the old guy. <laughs> the old guy. For sure. And that very buff guy, like, I hated him for all he, he did. Yes, he was a character the minute I saw him, I was like, ugh. Because like, he, he was just so, like, full. He's like, I'm strong, I'm male, I'm cocky. I got it. It's like, oh, give yourself a break, chill out. Um, But I got to say, that last scene, though, of Squid Game, just the game gave me just so much anxiety. Like, my heart was, like, racing. I was like, oh, my God, just thinking about it right now is making my heart race. Um, But... I I liked the last game. If they ended it a little differently, I would have liked to seen that unless the way that they ended it in season one kind of creates a nice leeway into season two. Right. That's kind of a lot though to ask for because you don't know what's coming. And this is all this is all kept very under wraps. Even the actors couldn't talk about it with family and friends. They could only talk about it with the people on set. So yeah, that uh that last game though, my gosh. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to miss coffee tomorrow. She has enough adrenaline and just kind of overall energy to, to stay like that. Yeah, the last game was, that was very intense. And again, like I said, he gets the money, but he feels too guilty to use it because he got it through killing people. And like I said, money cannot buy you happiness. It just can't. That's definitely a true fact. Um and stuff and you know let's i'm happy because throughout the the show you could see that friendships really mattered more so over money because in the end they all wanted they you know the good people's intentions were that they wanted to share it and they wanted to give back to the community you know the last second the last scene or something like that um shang jian kind of gives the woman like money and she's like no it's okay keep it and stuff but there's definitely a lot of pulling of emotions left and right and up and down um which kept the viewer very much intact which good job but don't play with me like that (laughs) (laughs) too much and do you have any predictions for like or at least things that you would want to see happen in season two um okay so prediction wise in the video that I always keep referencing, basically, Xiang Jihun's hair is red. And so um, I'm wondering now, is that is red going to be that like red herring theme? So is, is season two actually going to live up to its standard? Because like, you know, like I said, red is like that really bright color. But like, um, so I don't know. Um, okay, okay. So season two, I think that he is going to go back to the games because he got back on the plane, I think. No, I don't think he got, I think he got off the plane. Oh, he turned off the plane. Okay. My bad. Again, it was a while. I know there was a plane involved, but, uh, but I I think he's going to definitely expose um, the VIPs, the whole game, the whole kind of the whole game. Yeah. I think he might do that too. Or it could be like the hunger games catching fire where he's invited back to squid game and he has to like survive all over again live that ptsd all over again yeah that's what i'm thinking too and i really hope you know again i will watch squid game season two but i really hope that like that being said they don't do too much with it or they don't try and 
make something bigger that you can keep to kind of their originality because sometimes when things are such a big success they want to try and do it bigger and better but sometimes it just ends up kind of ruining the whole thing so I'm definitely really interested in seeing how what happens season two as I genuinely don't know as there's not even the way that I mentioned the way that you mentioned but just some other idea they could have because writers let me tell you they got some tricks up their sleeves working on my show like reading these scripts in these network areas story areas and just like you're playing with my feelings like this like I know what's coming but like dang what (laughs) so you know I'm definitely attached to you know some characters I hope maybe they kind of do like not like a montage but they bring back the characters that have passed the main characters and um somehow bring them into season two whether it's kind of like ghosts being like oh this is how you can get over this and do this I don't know I don't know. I, I want to see how they do it. I'm genuinely really interested now. <laughs> and you mentioned the whole red hair thing. How I saw that was that he was embracing what he has done because for the past year, he's like tried to avoid what he's done. Like he sees it like as an old shame. Like, no, I could not have done that. I can't believe I did that. And this is him like accepting what he has done. Like he kills people. Yeah, I'm wondering too. Um with the video that I watched, they started with something kind of like the Matrix, because you know when he's playing the game with the red and the blue pad? Yeah. If the guy is given a red or a blue pill, one being, what was the difference between the red and the blue pill? Some, some of the listeners might know, but basically they're kind of, I'm hoping that maybe the red hair will kind of relate to the Matrix, which you kind of be put into season two, although that's a very big stretch, you know. They did have that blue and that red paper um flipping game so they very well could be using some aspects of their shows and productions to weave into their show all right i just looked it up and i have watched the matrix just needed to brush on my memory so the red pill was that you learn an unsettling truth and blue was that you stay in your oblivious bubble yeah so that's what people think the red hair is kind of that he's learned that like you said, money does not buy happiness. Um, if anything, it causes more stress on my behalf, my opinion. And so, Leia, I think that we're at the end of the podcast here. Do you have anything else you want to say about Squid Game? Overall, for the listeners that uh, to listen to the podcast, DM Vedant, and you know, I'm interested. He'll tell me I'm interested into kind of what you guys think season two may bring. Um, will they bring back kind of old characters? What do you think will happen? And uh, what do you want will happen as well um, and stuff? Because I kind of want to get the inside tea. But uh, overall, though, thank you for having me on again, John. I know you're wrapping up your kind of Let's Talk Media. So it's an honor to be back on one last time before you graduate college. Yes. Wrap up the show. So congrats on almost graduation. Thank you. So anyway, yes, thank you for having me on again. Of course. I just want to say two quick things that we can learn from Squid Game. The first thing I want to say is that we should support international voices in media with Parasite winning Best Picture and Squid Game taking over the world and now the train to Busan becoming the the next best thing. Like we have to support international voices to learn about experiences and support other underrepresented voices in media. We have to do that. Yeah, I could, you could not have said it better, honestly. Could not have said it better. And the second piece of advice I have is that if you're a creator, then never give up on your idea unless it's like very, very bad. But in most cases, just, yeah. It may be 
years to develop, but you know, don't give up. You know, you have people that are willing to listen and, you know, you can use as resources and, uh, you know, it may take 10 years. It may take 30 years, but you will, you will eventually get there. You'll have your break. Exactly. I might not be a hundred percent on this, but Phineas and Ferb took 15 years to get a pilot. So again, that example, never give up on your ideas. I didn't know that. Wow. 15 years. Seriously? Well, how long were we watching it then? How old was I? When it, was I it came out in 2007. Okay, so, wow, they were planning it before I was born. Right? Pretty much? Right? I think? Yeah. I don't know. Parkies don't do math. hey yo. Oh, I, I got a little bit wrong. Phineas and Ferb was pitched around for 16 years before Disney picked it up. Oh, and then it turned out to be a smash hit. Yes. So again, with Phineas and Ferb, Squid Game, and especially The Queen's Gambit, which I read on Twitter that it took 30 years to get greenlit and released. So don't give up. Just keep improving on your idea, no matter how long it takes. It's challenging. Getting a job in production is challenging. Trust me. But, you know, you will get your break. And that I can guarantee because I got my break getting my first job. So... Yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say. Leah, again, thank you so much for being on this episode of Let's Talk Media. Thank you for having me on. And uh, congrats again on graduating. Woo-hoo! Thank you.